Hare Krishna. So, is everything, everything, it's clear to everyone why Krishna came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? How many of you remember from yesterday's discussion why Krishna came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? What happened? No hands going up? No. Okay, only two hands went up. Three hands, four hands. Okay. Okay, since your hand came up first, you tell us. After uh, Krishna appeared in this uh, world and he left, so to explain who, how uh, Krishna, who is appearing as a cowherd boy, is actually the Supreme Personality of Godhead, to explain that to the whole world, uh, the Lord appears as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come and show to us. Very good. Thank you. Did everyone hear? Now everyone knows? Now let's see how many hands go up. What happened? <laughs> okay, that's better. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's very important to understand why Krishna came as a devotee. Another reason is, in Kali Yuga, so many mm, unscrupulous individuals will pretend to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead decided not to come as the Supreme Personality of Godhead in this age. Uh, there are so many people claiming that they are God. They get 510 followers and they, uh, through the followers, they start their propaganda. Bhagavan this, Bhagavan that. But the reality is in this age of Kali, Bhagavan doesn't come as Bhagavan. Bhagavan came as a devotee. But still from his activities, he becomes known who he is. Uh, Bhagavad Gita also in Bhagavad Gita also Krishna said, Janma Karma Chame Dibyam Evam Javitti Tattvataha. His birth and his activities are special. No matter in whichever way he comes, uh, he becomes very special. Like Krishna, when Krishna came, uh, he appeared. He, he, born, he was born in a prison of Kamsa. An ordinary child, when he is born, he gets so much facilities, so much care. But here the Supreme Personality of Godhead is coming and he is born in a prison. And his parents are undergoing so many difficulties. Apparently. No, apparent difficulties, not real difficulties. It's like uh, Krishna's pastimes are like something like a drama on a stage. In a drama on a stage, it may seem like one actor, the hero is going through so many difficulties. But in reality, doesn't does he go through those difficulties? It's just a show. In a drama, uh, we have 
the antagonist and protagonist, the hero and the villain, right? Without, without this, uh, there cannot be any drama. Drama means conflict. The better the conflict, more the conflict, better the drama. And so without conflict, there is no drama. Therefore, in this drama of Lord's pastimes, actually original drama is Lord's pastimes. So there is the antagonist. The Lord is the antagonist. The Lord is the hero, the protagonist actually. And the anti to him is the villain, are the demons. But just as after the drama, the actors uh, become friends. On the stage, it's looking like they're two uh, extremely uh, opposite, oppo extremely uh, vicious enemies. Uh, but uh, outside the stage, they're friends. Uh, so this is also like Lord's pastimes. Uh, see how Ravan is acting, how Hiranyakashipu is acting. But ultimately who they are? Uh, Lord's associates. And drama has uh, two purposes. A good drama is in one hand it's a good entertainment Drama gives entertainment. Why uh, does one go to see a movie? I was about to say, why do you want to go to see a movie? <laughs> but then I thought it don't sound very right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> to, to, to be entertained. And a good movie or good drama also has a good lesson, good message to convey, education. So similarly, by performing his pastimes, the Lord gives us, in one hand he gives entertainment, pleases his devotees, and he, uh, he teaches some very important lesson. What is that important lesson that the Lord always teaches? That you surrender to me, I will take care of you. You go against me, I'll smash you. <laughs> so that's a very simple teaching. And from that, what do we learn? Better to surrender to him. Uh, Hiranyakashipu couldn't defeat him. Uh, Hiranyakashipu couldn't defeat him. Ravan couldn't defeat him. Kumbhakarna couldn't defeat him. Like these are such powerful individuals. Ravan. <coughs> before when he was getting into this battle with Lord Ramchandra, he was trying to gather his strength. So he went to Bali Maharaj, the king of the Daitas. And he asked him, look, give me the support. I have to fight with this person. He seems to be very, very powerful. Bali Maharaj said, Ravan, don't fight with him. After all, you have, what you have done is wrong. You stole his wife. Return his wife and stop fighting. Ravan said, I can't retreat now. We got in the middle of the war. 
I have done it, so whatever the consequences, I'm going to fight till the end. <clears throat> so then Boli Maharaj told him that, look, Ravan, I have a gift for you. So he took him to a golden mountain, studded with diamonds, a huge diamonds, the size of a human being, <laughs> radius, six, seven feet, uh, huge, beautifully studded with rows of diamonds, a golden mountain. So I said, Ravan, you carry, take it. Ravan tried to lift it, he couldn't lift it. Then Bali Maharaj told him, you know, Ravan, you know what this is? This is the earring of Hiranaksha. <laughs> and that Hiranaksha was killed by him. This Ram that you are contesting with, <laughs> he killed that Hiranaksha. So you can well imagine how powerful he is. So give up this fight. Make friends, make uh, compromise with him. But <clears throat> Ravan was so adamant, he said, no, I can't retreat. And you know the consequence. Ravan was killed. So that is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, so better to just surrender to him. The first consideration is believe that he is there. That's the first thing. That's the biggest hurdle to cross, actually. To have implicit faith that He is there. He is there. He is. Although we cannot see Him, but He is there. Although we cannot see Him, He sees us. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. So much so that He is in our hearts. Who can be closer than that? In a way, He knows about everything about us, even better than us. What we even do not know about ourselves, He knows that. So that is how cognizant He is. So why not surrender unto Him, especially when we see that He is taking care of us in so many ways, in such a wonderful way. Anyway, so to go back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes, so the personality that we are discussing about, who is he? He is the Supreme Personality of God. Supreme, that Supreme Personality of God. He came as a devotee. Therefore, it is difficult to recognize him, but there is a way to recognize him. How? When we see him through the eyes of his devotees, then we recognize That is the way to recognize the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Otherwise we'll be confused. Otherwise, otherwise we'll be completely bewildered. So yesterday we discussed about Lord's childhood pastimes leading to uh, his youthful pastimes, defeating Keshav Kashmiri. See, uh, in this way, he established himself 
as the greatest scholar of India. Like Keshav Kashmiri defeated all the scholars of India and he defeated Keshav Kashmiri. So what does it mean? He is the greatest scholar. And he didn't even get into any contest with Keshav Kashmir. He didn't get into, as they say, a, a debate with him to defeat him. Just very easily pointing out some faults in his composition, he defeated him. The Lord took Sannas at the age of 24. <clears throat> And he left home. Those days when somebody took sannas, that was the end. Nobody could see him after that, after that. Because those days there was hardly any communication. Uh, there was no railway system, there was no aeroplanes, uh, there was no cell phone, there was no internet, there was no email. Uh, so when somebody left home, that's it. Generally, people stayed in their own village, did not travel very much. At the most, they went and traveled to some place of pilgrimage. And when one took sannas, he just would just keep traveling from one place to another. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannas, and but Nitananda Prabhu felt that he should be brought back to Navadip because he could understand that how the residents of Navadip must be feeling due to his separation. So Nitananda Prabhu tricked him, made him lose the way and brought him back to the, a place called Ambika Kalna, which is just opposite to Shantipur. Shantipur is the place where Adita Acharya was. So in this way, Chaitanya, Nityananda Prabhu tricked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and brought him back to Shantipur. And, in, and he sent a message to Mayapur that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to Shantipur. So all the residents of Mayapur, Navadip, came to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The only person who didn't come was Vishnu Priya Devi. Because it is not befitting for us, Sannasi, to see his wife of his previous life. So that's why she didn't come. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met his mother, Sachimata, Mahaprabhu became very, very repentant that my mother, I made a mistake, leaving you alone at home. I have taken sannas. It was quite unfair of me. I should have taken care of you. And actually, actually it's true. Like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he left, when he took sannas, in his house there was his old mother and young wife. And no male member to take care of them. So, <clears throat> And those days it was very difficult for just two uh, guardianless women to be there. But Prabhupada said, taking sannas in this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us 
that if you give up everything, if you give up your family for the sake of serving Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, don't worry about it. The Lord will take care of them. Of course, don't get me wrong, I am not really insinuating that the householders give up their household responsibilities and become sannyasis. <laughs> but uh, this is what Chaitanya Srila Prabhupada said, Mahaprabhu uh, taught us that uh, when you are serving Krishna, don't worry about your old mother and young wife. Krishna will take care. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, <clears throat> was very repentant that my mother I left you unprotected in this way and I made a mistake so I'll give up my sannas and take care of you. But Sachimata as an ideal mother, what did she say? No, my son, don't do that. That will be such a disgrace to you if you take sannas and then give it up. Now that you have taken sannas, stay fixed in your sannas order. But stay close by so that I can get your news. And Sachimata suggested that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed in Jagannath Puri. And in Jagannath Puri, uh, because in, from Jagannath Puri the pilgrims would come to ga take bath in Ganga. And the residents of Bengal would go to Jagannath Puri to attend. Jagannath Chariot Festival. So this way there would be uh, people going back and forth and this is how they would get, she would get the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So because of her request, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu decided to go to Jagannath Puri. So <clears throat> with this uh, for associates, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Jagannath Puri. And on the way, Nityananda Prabhu, once Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to take bath and he left his danda with Nityananda Prabhu in a river called Atheranala. And Nityananda Prabhu, looking at the danda, he's addressing the danda, he said, who, the, who do you think you are? The personality who is the controller of the entire universe, he will carry you. Who do you think you are? Saying that, Nityananda Prabhu broke the danda and threw the danda in the river. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very upset. And he said, what do you think? My sannas is a joke. Uh, first you made me, misled me and instead of I was going to Vrindavan and you misled me and brought me back to Shantipur and then now you broke my sannas danda and I'm not going to stay with you all. Saying that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left them behind and ran to, towards Jagannath Puri temple. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arrived in Jagannath temple in Puri, seeing Lord Jagannath, he felt such overwhelming emotion 
that he fainted. And this fainting is one of the ecstatic symptoms. The ultimate ecstatic symptom is actually this, which is like death becoming totally unconscious. So much so that practically all the symptoms of life stops in the body. At that time, Salvam Bhattacharya was a great scholar. He was the <clears throat> chief scholar of the, as the court of King Prataprudra, the king of Orissa. Very powerful king. At that time, the whole of India was subdued, subjugated by the Muslims, were taken over by the Muslims. But Prataprudra was the only king, the only Hindu king whom Muslims could not defeat. Hussein Shah, the king of Bengal, often attacked Prataprudra, but couldn't defeat him. So Prataprudra, Prataprudra's Sabha Pandit, the chief scholar of his court, by Sarvam Bhattacharya. A great scholar considered to be the greatest exponent of Vedanta philosophy of that time. So Sarvam Bhattacharya just happened to be in the temple at that time. And when he saw this young sannyasi fainted, it looked like he was dead. So Sarvam Bhattacharya took some cotton wool and kept it in front of his nose. And he saw the cotton wool was softly moving. So from that he could make out that he's still alive. And he arranged for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be carried to his house. So uh, in this way, Sarvamu Bhattacharya took Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his house. And in the meantime, uh, Nitanda Prabhu and others uh, came looking for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they came to Jagannath temple. And upon inquiring about if about this young sannyasi who may have come there, he was informed that uh, there was, yes, one young sannyasi, very handsome. He fainted seeing Lord Jagannath and uh, Sarvam Bhattacharya has taken him to his house. And so they all went to Sarvam Bhattacharya's house and they found Chaitanya Mahaprabhu still unconscious. And they started to chant the holy name. And upon hearing the chanting of the holy name, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to his senses. So at that time in Jagannath Puri, uh, Sarvam Bhattacharya's brother-in-law, Gopinath Acharya, also was there. And Gopinath Acharya knew who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was because he was from Navadip. Sarvam Bhattacharya also was from Navadip. But he settled down in Jagannath Puri. And Gopinath Acharya knew who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was. So Sarvam Bhattacharya took a lot of compassion, became very compassionate towards Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because he saw a young sannyasi, so handsome. But he became quite concerned about him also. That he took sannyas at such a young age. He's so handsome. And he seems to be so emotional. 
he chants, he dances. Therefore, uh, he became concerned that he may not be able to maintain his sannas. Because sannas he must be grave and uh, would not uh, even look at anything or do not act in a frivolous way. But he, he felt that this young sannasi is so frivolous. He couldn't understand the ecstatic symptoms of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he decided to educate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Vedanta, teach him Vedanta. Gopinath Acharya told him, Saravana, what are you talking about? Do you know who he is? He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Saravana Acharya said, well, I accept that he is a very exalted personality. Uh, he is a, a very exalted saintly personality. But Supreme Personality of Godhead, come on, I can't accept that. So Gopinath Acharya told him, look, to recognize the Supreme Personality of Godhead, you need proper vision. Unfortunately, you don't have that vision. So generally, brothers-in-law have a kind of a uh, uh, humorous relationship at times. They joke with each other or pull each other's legs. <laughs> so <clears throat> in this way, Gopinath Acharya said, you're blind. How do you see the Supreme Personality of so then Sarvam Bhattacharya said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead doesn't come in the age of Kali. He comes at the end as Kalki Avatar, but otherwise there is no incarnation of the Lord in this age. Gopinath Acharya said that in this age of Kali, he comes hiding his identity, therefore he is called Trijuga. He comes in three Jugas. And because he came hiding his identity, uh, a personality who is devoid of devotion to the Lord cannot recognize him. The way to recognize him is through the eyes anointed with love. Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanina. So, but Sarvam Bhattacharya said, look, I'm very concerned about him. Uh, that's why I'm saying that I will give him Vedanta, I'll teach him Vedanta, and by understanding Vedanta, he will become fixed up in Brahman realization. He'll understand, Aham Brahmasmi, and this Jagat is Maya. <laughs> Gopinath Acharya was very upset. So they had a big argument, but eventually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he heard that, he said, look, he's my well-wisher. He, uh, he wants to take care of my sannas order, secure me properly. So, yes, I will I'll study Vedanta philosophy under him, Vedanta Sutra under him. So, Sarvam Bhattacharya started to teach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu the Vedanta Sutra, explaining the Vedanta Sutra. Sutra means aphorisms and he was explaining those are like formulas or uh, sutras in simple, in short words the 
men understand the essence is given, but then it needs to be elaborately explained to properly understand. So Sarvam Bhattacharya started to explain Vedanta Sutra to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And for seven days, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sat there listening to him without saying anything. He didn't say yes or no, or didn't have any question. So eventually Sarvam Bhattacharya began to wonder whether his understanding was he's talking about. So he asked Krishna Chaitanya, do you understand what I am saying? So very humbly Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, you see, I understand the sutras, but the explanations that you are giving, I don't understand. <laughs> so he said, look, to make the sutra understand, there is explanation. So what do you mean by you understand the sutra but do not understand the bhashya or commentary or explanation? Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him that your explanation is not revealing the sutra. Your, in, uh, your explanation is covering the sutra. It's not giving the real meaning of the sutra. He's giving your concocted ideas of the sutra. So Sarvam Bhattacharya was quite upset uh, because he was in his uh, late 60s such a uh, respected scholar and uh, so exalted that even sannyasis used to come from distant places to study Vedanta Sutra from him. And here this uh, young sannyasi is finding fault in his explanation. So Samuva Bhattacharya chastised him. Then finally, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him, look, please explain this verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. So Sarvam Bhattacharya explained that verse. It's called Atmaram verse. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the real understanding of the verse. Actually, the verse is saying, Atmaramascha munayo Nirgrantha api urukrame kurvanti ahaituking bhaktiṃ ittham bhūtha gunahari That is, Atma Ramascha Munayo, the great thinkers and philosophers who became completely free from all material bondage. Nirgrantha api urukrame. That means, they are liberated souls. The saintly personalities who have become liberated from the material bondage and those who are Atma Ramascha, uh, they are deriving their joy from within themselves. That is, they are free from material bondage and they are deriving transcendental bliss from within. Even they become engaged in serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is how wonderful the characteristics and qualities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is. The point is, 
that you are saying that liberation is the ultimate goal. But here it is saying the liberated people uh, become engaged. After liberation, they become engaged in serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So in this way, Sarvam Bhattacharya was defeated. And he was very, very upset, very hurt that he had to accept defeat from such a young 24-year-old boy. So <clears throat> Sarvam Bhattacharya locked himself up, did not eat anything. He was feeling so hurt, so upset, so feeling so bad. Then in the middle of the night, he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu standing in front of him. He displayed his six arms. With four arms, he is holding conch, lotus, mess, and disc. And in two hands, two other hands, he was holding the danda, sannas stick of, uh, the stick of a sannasi, and the water pot. Uh, indicating that he is a sannyas. And then he also showed him uh, those six arms, indicating with two arms he is holding the bow and arrow of Lord Ramchandra. Jai Shri Nitai Ki Jai Gaur Holding the bow and arrow of Lord Ramchandra he was holding, with two other hands, he was holding the flute, that is Krishna, and with two other hands, he was holding the sannas danda and the water pot of a sannasi. So then he could recognize that this personality, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is none other than Lord Ramchandra and Krishna Chandra. So Sarvam Bhattacharya offering obeisances to him composed uh, hundred prayers in offering known as Sarvabhoma Shatakam. And the first one uh, goes like Vairagya Vidya Nijabhakti Jogam Shikhartha Meka Purusha Purana Shri Krishna Chaitanya Shariradhari Kripam Buddhir Jastamahan Prapadde. In order to teach uh, Vaidagya Vidya, the, the, the science of renunciation, which is uh, his own devotion, Nija Bhakti Jogam. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has accepted sannyas, the renounced order of life. He is saying, uh, in order to teach the science of renunciation, this personality, uh, who is none other than the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Sharira Thari. He appeared as Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is an ocean of mercy, Kripam Buddhi. I offer my obeisances unto him. So in this way we can see that the greatest scholar of those days who did not 
initially want to recognize Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, eventually he did. That is how we can see that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is a very nice way of recognizing him. It's not getting some cheap followers and saying, Gurudev Bhagavan hai, uh, or Bhagavan, uh, like there are so many Bhagavans nowadays. Uh, they are all Falgu Bhagavan, a cheating Bhagavan. But the real Bhagavan, Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, came hiding his identity, but his devotees could recognize him. So, <clears throat> another person who also initially did not recognize Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or did not accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but eventually recognized him, was the king of Orissa, King Prataprudra. So that is like, I won't get into that this details of that episode. But please read Chaitanya Charitamrita and you'll see. The one thing that I would like to discuss, which is very important, is Sarvam Bhattacharya told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about Ramananda Roy. Sarvam Bhattacharya began to recognize the greatness of Ramananda Roy. Previously, because he was not accepting devotion to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, being the highest spiritual development, he could not accept, he could not recognize great devotees like Ramananda Roy. Like often these people think that devotees are a bunch of sentimentalists. They don't realize that actually, yeah, it is a kind of sentiment because it is a genuine emotion towards the Supreme Personality of God. Like when one is in deep love, how does he behave? Especially when one is in deep love with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his behavior becomes quite unpredictable. So <clears throat> that is why the devotee's behavior often is misunderstood by these scholars and so-called uh, so-called thinkers and philosophers. So, <clears throat> Chaitanya, and when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was going to South India, Sarvam Bhattacharya told him that meet Ramananda Roy. He is the governor of Andhra Pradesh. That part of India uh, was under the ruling of the king of Odisha. It was a part of Odisha at that time and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling towards South India and Ramananda Rai was the governor of that place appointed by the king. So he suggested that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met Ramananda Rai. 
So one day Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was sitting under a tree on the bank of the Godavari river. And he saw that one royal personality coming in a palanquin. So many Brahmins were following him, chanting mantra. So he came and took bath in the river, holy river Godavari. And then he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu sitting on that, under a tree. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also saw him. And both of them recognized each other. And they embraced. Everyone was quite surprised to see that. Because a sannasi, one person is a sannasi, and the other person is uh, uh, a royal governor. So why they are behaving like that? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also saw that this is not going to be a right place to, to talk. So Ramananda Rai also understood that, so he suggested that he would come again. So later on Ramananda Rai came just with one Brahmana companion. And he met Ramananda and he met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So they started to speak, they started to discuss. And here Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Ramananda Rai, Ramananda, what's the goal, ultimate goal of life? So Ramananda Rai replied that ultimate goal of life is to follow Varnashram. And he quoted a verse from the scriptures saying that Varnashram Following the Varnashram Dharma is the ultimate goal of life. Varnashram Acharobata Purushena Parah Puman Vishnur Aradhate Pantha Nainang Tattu Shukarana. Only through Varnashram one can please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But Mahaprabhu rejected that. He said, no, that's external consideration. That's not the ultimate go. It's all material. Following the Varnashram is actually materialistic consideration. Then Ramananda Rai mentioned that the Karma Yoga is the goal of life. And each time he was saying something to substantiate that he was quoting uh, scriptural evidence. The scripture is saying that. It's not that I am saying it. The scripture is saying that. And he quoted from Bhagavad Gita to substantiate that. Jat karosi, jadasnasi, jat juhosi, dadasi jat, jat tapushoshi konteya, tat kurusha madarpana. Karma yoga. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you give in charity, whatever austerities you perform, do it for my just offer them offer the result of those actions to me 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that also. Then <clears throat> Ramananda Roy spoke about rejection of karma, karma tag. Sarva dharman parittajya mamekam sharanam braja aham tvam sarva papi bhyo mokshayishami mahasucha. Mahapru rejected that also. That's also external. External means these are not the ultimate, these are all material consideration. Then Sarvam Bhattacharya mentioned about Jnana Yoga. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na Sochati Na Kangshati Samasarveshu Bhuteshu Madhbhaktin Lavate Param. Madhbhaktin Lavate Param. Krishna is saying in that stage one receives my transcendental devotional service. But Ramananda Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected that also. No, this is also external. And he was explaining why these are all external considerations. I'm not going to the details. But then Ramananda Rai told him about pure devotional service, even free from jnana and karma. Anna bhilashita sunnam jnana karmad anabritam anukullena krishnanushilanam bhakti ruttama Mahaprabhu said, yes, that's right. But tell me what's beyond that. Here now he accepted because this is a platform of pure devotion free from jnana and karma. Pure devo- there are mixed devotions. Devotion mixed with karmic desire. The devotional service mixed with uh, knowledge, endeavor for knowledge or jnana. Uh, so they are mixed devotion. But pure devotion is free from these uh, consideration of karma and jnana. This time, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, yes, uh, that is true. Now tell me, what is beyond that? Then Ramananda Rai spoke about Shanta, devotional service in Shantaras. Mahaprabhu said, yes, that's right. Tell me beyond that. Devotional service in Dasyaras. Yes. What is beyond that? Devotional service in Sakharas. Yes, that's true. Tell me what's beyond that. Devotional service in Vatsyalaras or parental love? Yes, that's right. Tell me what's beyond that. Devotional service in conjugal love. So Ramananda Rai, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted that. And then he said, tell me what is beyond that. Ramananda Rai said, I didn't know anybody who could say what is beyond that. But you are, while you are asking me the questions, you are also empowering me. 
so if you so please me if you are pleased with me then please provide the answers of to your own question saying that then ramananda rai started to describe that in rasa dance krishna was dancing with 16000 gopis and there was one krishna between two gopis but in the center krishna was dancing alone with one gopi so that gopi must be very special and when that gopi became upset and left the rasa mandali krishna left all 16000 gopis and followed her so she must be very special and who is that radharani very good <laughs> and so in this way he established that the devotion of shriman radha shrivati radharani is the highest and then he went on further by saying that radharani is the manifestation of krishna's mahabhav and krishna is rasaraj uh, the king of all the mellows <coughs> and the highest of all devotion devotional mellow is personified in shrimati radharani and that uh, krishna and radharani became one <coughs> the energy and energetic became one so at that time mahaprabhu covered his face with his hands look if i don't have to tell him <laughs> because now his identity is about to become revealed so who is shri chaitanya mahaprabhu the ultimate manifestation of devotional service Shrimati Radharani's mood and personality has become one with him, with Krishna, and that is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Gaur Premanande Hari. Does anybody have any question? Maharaj, in conjugal relationship, we don't glorify supreme personality of Godhead. So in Maharaj. When gopis got separated from Lord Krishna, they sang a song popularly known as Gopi Gita, which we quite often sing first five verses. So why have they glorified Supreme Lord in that song? When in conjugal relationship, we don't, they are not supposed to glorify. So they have glorified. Who said in conjugal there is no glorification? Where did you get that? You know, yesterday we were discussing in the class. You know, we go. In a conjugal relationship, we don't glorify superpersons. I mean, the gopis at that level, because they are just so shaky. But you yourself are saying in gopi gita they are glorifying. Yeah. So that is my question. Why have they? So that's my question also. Where did you get that there is no glorification? I mean, in love there is glorification. How can there be not glorification in love? Because in Ganda one, you know, yesterday we were discussing in Ganda one, you know, we. Uh, devotees, you know, okay, okay, I get it. That, the recognition, as also I mentioned yesterday, that this 
you know, not remembering or recognizing the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not out of ignorance, out of love. It's not that they do not know that he is. It's, as the example I gave, it's not that the mother doesn't know that her son is the Prime Minister. But she doesn't treat him as the Prime Minister. Mm. He knows, she knows he's the Prime Minister. But her treatment is not like. Because that is that loving relationship is in another platform. But in Gopi Gita there, Gopi Gita they're actually now they're remembering Krishna and they're begging, they're asking why did you leave us in this condition? Like Jayati Tedhikang. Janmana Braja, Shayata Indira, Shashvadatrihi. Ever since we have taken birth in Braj, Vrindavan, Lakshmi Devi is eternally staying here. In this way, you have created such good fortune for everyone just by being born in Vrindavan. But then why did you plunge us in this miserable condition? So they are kind of, you know, in a lamenting mood they say, why are you doing this too? Huh? Like, you are so merciful, huh? but look what you are doing to us. The next one huh, is Saradudashaye Sadhu Jata Sat Sarasi Jodaro Shri Mushadrisha Describing his beauty. You are so beautiful. Your beauty excels the most beautiful things of this world. And we are your unpaid maidservants. Ashulka Dasike. Neha King Badha. Why are you killing us? We are your unpaid maidservants. We are serving you with all our love and ability. And look what you are doing to us. By not giving us your darshan, you are killing us. <clears throat> In one way you are so magnanimous, huh? but if you, if you kill your unpaid maidservants, what will people tell you? What will, what will people think of you? <laughs> so this is how they are actually expressing their you know, uh, inner feelings towards him. It's not that they do not know, but it's not to them, uh, that identity of the Lord is not important. Because love prevails that awe and reverence. Any other question? Yes? Importance of Nityananda Prabhu, very good. Uh, Brajendra Nandana Jai, Shochi Shuta Hoilo Shai, Balaram Hoilo Nitai. Brajendra Nandan, Shri Krishna became Sachinandan Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Balaram has become Nitananda Elder brother. And as elder brother, 
he is protecting him, younger brother taking care of him. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give Krishna Prem and the sole distributor of that Krishna Prem is Nityananda Prabhu. He came with Premer Bonna Loya Nitai, Ailo Gauda Deshe. Dubilo Bhakoto Jano, Dubilo Bhakoto Gano, Dino Hino Bhashi. With an inundation of love, Krishna Prem, Nityananda Prabhu came in Gauradesh. And those who are devotees, they got drowned in that flood inundation. And those who are non-devotees, they got swept away. Nobody could uh, escape that flood of Krishna Prem. So this is how Nityananda Prabhu distributed Krishna Prem. And Hano Nitai Bhai Radha Krishna Paitenai. Without the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu, one cannot get the mercy of Radha Krishna, which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Radha Krishna, Nahyana. So this is how with Nityananda Prabhu, through Nityananda Prabhu only, we can get the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bypassing Nityananda Prabhu, there is no way we can approach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. One example is, Raghunath Das Goswami, a son of a very, very wealthy person, was became attracted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was run, although he was the son of a king, he was running away from home to be with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they, his father's men went and caught him and brought him back. So then one day he got the news that Nityananda Prabhu was there in Panihati, a place not too far from his place, on the bank of the Ganges. So he went to see Nityananda Prabhu. And when he went to see Nityananda Prabhu, and Nityananda Prabhu was told that Raghunath is offering obeisances, then Nityananda Prabhu's response was, oh, bring that thief. So he was brought, and Nityananda Prabhu gave, gave him the punishment that you thief, you have to feed me and my people with chipped rice and yogurt. So that is the famous Chiradodhi festival of Panihati. Why did Nityananda Prabhu call him a thief? Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is his property. And bypassing him, he was trying to get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Ah. Therefore, uh, we can get a clear understanding that if we want to get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if we want to receive the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we have to go through Nityananda Prabhu. Alright? <laughs> Thank you very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande Hare. Hare.